This is the Two Dudes Talk Tattoos podcast, a more advanced look at tattooing. This podcast focuses on science, design, and everything else that is tattoo related. This show isn't really for the beginner, but more for the experienced artist with questions that need answering so they can improve their tattoo game. It's also for those who just like to listen to podcasts, so like, you don't really have to listen to us tell you not to listen to us. Well, anyways, if you do decide to listen, thank you. Be sure to tell your friends about us. But be aware, we do have a rule on the show. Don't ask us what brands we use. I just, I was actually thinking about that. We had, um, Alex and I sat down yesterday and I, I went over, uh, influencing scarring the skin because we scarred every time we tattoo right like how how you can influence it to to um create pigment drift five ten years down the road to like influence mixing in the skin you know there's like some heavy duty shit you, know, you angle the needle a certain way you can create additional scar tissue in a spot and then the pigment as the skin thins right. ends up moving that way so you can create blends right it's just neo trad fucking basic principle shit and she was like oh this is really complex. I'm like, yeah, tattooing's hard. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't I? Well, I like pulling my lines backwards. Yeah, yeah. tattooing's hard. <laughs> it's really hard. This this job is phenomenally difficult, it, especially when you put your fucking neck out on the line like we do. <laughs> I'm waiting for next week for twenty thousand people to email in and be like, "You guys suck." <laughs> Right. Thanks for that text message too. How I was bummed for two days between you guys and us. We don't have an opinion. We got fact. Hey, <laughs> opinion's easy. I have an opinion that using cat hair whiskers and a fucking wrapped around a nine liner can increase the saturation of pigment going into the skin. It doesn't mean I'm gonna fucking like this. Isn't it's not right. <laughs> I got this. I can do this. So talking today. The two ideas that you threw out earlier were actually really cool, like freckles slash moles, right? That's kind of how I was taking that stuff. How do you deal with them? Like, how to identify them? And then tattooers who don't have tattoos, I think is brilliant. Because I don't know if <laughs> very many people nowadays know people who don't have tattoos that tattoo, you know? I come across a lot of tattoo artists online that don't actually have any tattoos, and it fucking freaks me out. <laughs> How many old boys do you know that don't like, have tattoos? Uh, none. I know a couple. Three in total. Old boys. Like 40 years in the business. No no tattoos. I don't think I know any. Yeah. Maybe that's a West Coast thing. Because <laughs> be. when you got into tattooing, were you told that you can't tattoo unless you have tattoos? Yeah. The, the premise behind it was like, hey, you want to know what this shit feels like. You know, like if you haven't experienced it, how the fuck do you know what you're doing to somebody? You know, yeah. and then B, you should be tattooing yourself because that gives you an understanding of what specifically it actually feels like when you're tattooing somebody. Like if yeah. you're tattooing yourself, you know when you're going too rough or you know, etc. Um, because you're fucking your shit up. You know, like you can tell the difference. You can feel that. Yeah. So if you're not experiencing any of that, but you're tattooing people, 
you're tattooing them blind with zero understanding of what they're actually going through. That's yeah. fucking insane. I, I was thinking about that uh, corollary with um, like med school, you know, surgical interns and stuff. When they have to learn how to do stitching, they stitch themselves up, try to lay things, do things specifically, you know, cuts or otherwise, they'll just try stitching each other up because you got to like figure out what that, what is this? Like, am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong or whatever? Right. And I can see that actually probably now, you, you know what? I, I, I probably interpreted the question a bit different than what you had, I guess, originally posited it because I was thinking about the old boys. There's a dude in um, just north of Portland. He works in Camas, Washington. His name's Painless Rick. He had a great shop back in the day. I mean, he's a bit a bit tired now, maybe a bit dated. One of the dudes that works for him, I met personally. We don't get along. <clears throat> so another story for another time. But he doesn't have any tattoos. That's what we call Painless Rick, right? <laughs> Nothing. He's been tattooing like 45 fucking years. You know, you go in and he's got the used needles for the day setting in some you know germicide he's getting ready to you know break the solder sterilize the bars rebuild new needles he mixes his own pigment it's it's a street shop flash racks still in there you know the old barber tables you know like the the proper barber chairs that fucking drop right. in your back you know yeah it, the whole shtick you want the fucking black and white checker floor just everything is just it screams i've been tattooing since 1973 and he ain't got no tattoos. He talks about why do you have any tattoos? He's like, I don't know. I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> right on, bro. You never got one. You never wanted to know what this felt like. He's like, no, not at all. Like, okay, well, why are you? Why do you do tattoos? That's why I like tattoos. Doing them, it's my job. Disconnect here, bro. Like, that, like, how does how do you get into this? It's like, <laughs> I breed dogs. I fucking hate dogs. <laughs> No, I just breed them though. Right. What? I don't like eating, but I became a chef. I fucking am scared of driving cars, but I'm a chauffeur. Like, how does that connection happen? But that mindset, I think, is so much different than nowadays. Like, when you go into a tattoo shop and you see somebody who's been tattooing four or five years and they're just waiting to get a tattoo from some, you know, famous artist or something, which is way different. And that's, that's interesting to me. That note's understandable. Yeah. You know, if they're waiting. They're doing whatever. I'm saving my money. I want to get tattooed by blah, blah, blah. Right. But just not having some because you just are. I knew a dude in North Carolina who was needle phobic, scared to death of needles. And I mean, sewing needles, not even hypodermics, right? Not hollow cores, nothing. Scared to death. He still had a fucking tattoo. He's a great tattooer as well. You know, he thought about how much that shit scared him before he got into it. And he's like, I take every time somebody would come in to get a tattoo. He's like, this is going to suck. And he's like, whoa, <laughs> that's a bit rough, buddy. He's like, I fucking I'm praying for you. Like every time he set up a machine, he's like, oh, you know, he's a great tattooer. But he had this like uh, just just insane fear of needles. Right. He's still got a fucking tattoo. So I don't. I don't get these other people who don't do it. At the same time, I don't understand. Like when we started tattooing, I, I am covered in bad tattoos. What would be considered bad tattoos nowadays? Like this is kind of like, it was like a rite of passage. I got 72 tattoos my first year tattooing. We were a pin cushion for the rest of the shop to try out new techniques that didn't fucking work. <laughs> right. This is how we get better. We bring on apprentices. They scrub our floors and we try out shit that we shouldn't. Some of the fucking, I got a portrait when I was like first starting tattooing. It was garbage. Guys, like I do portraits. Oh, okay. <laughs> Can I do a portrait on you? Yeah, sure. 
And it was fucking bad. <laughs> Got it covered up. <laughs> Something else that's just as bad, you know? Maybe there's a level of like autonomy nowadays where you, as the student, maybe there's more respect given to you. Maybe you don't have to walk through that fire. Like, what do you, what do you think? Why do you think that this is happening now versus like what the fuck we went through? I think through? the big part of it is <laughs> there's there's that big slide now where people are like, I want to be an artist. Yeah, they're not really going. I want to be a fucking tattoo artist because I love tattoos. There. I wanted to get into an art career. Turns out art careers are really hard to do. So I guess I'll tattoo. It's a fallback. Oh, yeah. Right. I couldn't sell out the Mets, so I went and did some tattoos. That makes sense, dude. But there's a lot of that. There's a lot of... And I mean, like, they're good artists, sure. You know, but do they really love tattooing do they really give a shit about what they're doing to people you know like there's there's a lot of questions to be had are they doing it specifically because this is their faux pas art career dude that totally makes sense because you got to think about like how much effort is being put into the art creation versus the application right there's a huge I, i would almost feel that there's a disconnect with that you know, that's why there's like, we're treating people like canvases, we're dehumanizing, we're separating ourselves from the action, we're putting on headphones, we're not trying to engage, we're not trying to, you know, this client is just there to, to service us in a way. And we are, we are artists. We get to do what we want. People can't question it. Power dynamic, power dynamic. That's, that's interesting. Because I know... I don't feel, well, you know, I don't feel that way. <laughs> My shit's fucking right. Talk for two hours today because of somebody's bad experience. The fucking very first thing I do. And I know you don't either. Like when you come into something, there's, there's the first rule is this must look fucking awesome. Right. Right. If it's not going to look awesome, why the fuck are we doing it? And then two, we got to work together to give you what you want. It's service. It's always, um, I don't know, I don't want to say codependent, but mm-hmm. it's, it's always a collaboration between client and tattooer. You know? yeah. And if it's not, if you're just going like, this is all I do. If you don't want it, fuck you. Then like, you're not really like <laughs> there at what tattooing was supposed to be, you know? Yeah. Like, if somebody walks in and they just like, you know... I just want a tattoo that symbolizes good luck and good fortune. You know, if you just stare at a fucking wall and have no idea what that means, you suck as a tattoo. <laughs> but wait, I do peonies. That's it. Peonies can be good luck, right? Is that it's purple. Purple's the universal color of good luck. Yeah, I, I keep thinking back to the I know the olden days, which is, you know, racist and exclusionary and all this other stuff and tattooing, of course, in the Western world. But even if we were to take all that out into the sterile environment where people aren't just fucking assholes and you had someone walk into a pat- tattoo shop and they're like, I want to get a tattoo. And somebody in 1945 looks at that person and says, sit down. I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> that would not work out very well in their favor, right? right? You just walk in this this fucking navy dude. I just got out of World War II. I want to get this piece, you know, before my you know kids who got killed or some shit. All right, sit down. I know what to do. And then you just put whatever you want on. They would die. <laughs> like that, there would be a much different approach to the the conclusion with that story than nowadays, where people. I don't know. You and I both deal with this all the time, where you have somebody come into the shop who is 
you know, they, they feel like they've been taken advantage of. They haven't worked with the person who's done the tattoo. They're unhappy with the experience and they're completely unsatisfied with the finished product and they want it repaired, fixed, covered, or removed. And it's right. like the person that you, it's like a, this, this echo chamber, right? The person that you went and seen was not good at their job and it's not uncommon. So let's work. Right. Through. And there's, there's a huge line there too. Like you can be good at tattooing and oh. still be a shitbag tattoo artist. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh God. That's so any true. idiot can draw fucking stupid cartoons on people. You know, I, I wish that people would get that shit in their head. Trained goddamn monkey can do this job. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. But you're not going to teach the monkey to actually have compassion for this fucking job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the idea. Yeah. <clears throat> compassion, you know? respect, you know, accountability. That's a big one, too. Right. Maybe that's where that disconnect is, I guess, to bring it back to like the original topic, right? Those people who don't have tattoos, it's almost like, like you'd said initially, like there's that disconnect, but you really don't know what's going on. And I, like, I don't know, there's probably a ton of people out there who do this, but I actually have a, a bit of like, it, it turns me away from people. If I say like, oh, I, I do tattoos, I do this, that, but they don't have a tattoo. I'm almost like uneasy around that person. Like why? It's not gatekeeping. It's not anything yeah. else. It's just it feels really fucking weird, you know. I'm a race car driver, and I don't. Well, know like the you car. can't trust that person. Yeah, you know. I don't. It's really don't bizarre, have... but it, it really does cause a lack of trust. You're just like, what the fuck you mean you do tattoos? You don't even have a tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> I thought know? you worked at Subway, bro. Like you don't look like a tattooer. Oh, it's cool. You know, and I guess maybe that that put off. I'm waiting for X. You know, it could be romantic in essence, but at the same time, it's like you don't even have one tattoo, not even one. Right. Like that you didn't seems even tattoo weird. your own fucking ankle just to see what it feels like. Yeah, like that. That's a Japanese thing, right? So, like when you're going through a Japanese apprenticeship, you're always put in this place where to elevate, you have to end up pushing yourself and taking control of the space. So, like Horiyoshi, I think three had told the story, you know, when he was learning, he used to just get beat up and everything was bad, blah, blah, blah. And eventually it came a time to where, you know, it, he was expected to grow more as an artist and he hadn't. I don't know if this is she might be someone else. And so the fucking wife of the dude who was training him was like, have you ever seen your master's thighs? And he's like, no. And she's like, there's a reason why. Because he initially, before he started tattooing and becoming as great as he was, he had to start somewhere. He's waiting for you to do that too. And she's like, you need to start fucking tattooing yourself, bro. If you don't make that jump, if you're not willing <laughs> to sacrifice yourself, he's never going to respect you. And you will always stay here working for him and never advancing. And so he started stealing fucking needles on, you know, tying them to bars because they're going to do everything else. He just didn't know how to tattoo. He started tattooing himself. His legs are a fucking mess. Just like everyone else. Right. Right. <clears throat> my thighs and my left forearm are a fucking disaster. They're not good. Yeah, no. <laughs> if I just take my shirt off, you will see the world's worst tattoos. <laughs> like my whole fucking body is covered in the world's worst tattoos. I tattooed my own throat. <laughs> no <laughs> you know? shit. Wow. I wanted dude. to know what that shit felt like, and I wanted to see if I could fucking do it. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's almost like psychologically, like it puts you in a place where you have become vulnerable and in control of your own future, right? In essence, right? 
if this doesn't turn out good, right. there's no one else to blame but you. Like you fucked up. You get to own that and you get to see it the rest of your every time I take off my pants, I'm like, wow, I really sucked. <laughs> every day. Every day I'm like, well, that's grounding. This is shit. Right. <laughs> Every fucking day. Well, I even tell my clients that <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm so fucking jealous of your tattoo. And they're like, well, you did it. I'm like, oh, I know, but I did these. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great because they'll look at you and go, thank God you did them on you. <laughs> right. This is great. Thank you. You know, that sacrifice is noted. Um, what, what do you think about the apprentices who have world class artwork all over their body? I still think that's cool, man. Like, one, like, sweet, you had money, (laughs) you know? But uh, at the same time, like, there's a lot of respect for that, you know? Like, they're seeking out getting dope-ass tattoos. Like, that's fucking cool. Yeah. It's so neat. Because, like, when when we started tattooing, if you had a bunch of nice tattoos, it was really weird. I met a dude... 2009 or something and he was covered in beautiful tattoos he's a russian dude it's just beautiful tattoo work and i'm like okay what's up with you (laughs) you know (laughs) it's like i just got all my tattoos before i decided to tattoo that's cool he's like yeah the guy who did all this stuff he ended up training me too like we just built up a relationship over about 10 years and i started tattooing i was like oh i guess that makes sense and i kind of wish i did that he's like yeah your tattoos are bad (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's cool. I did most of them myself. He's like, oh, <laughs> just like just having a cigarette. He just like fucked off. He's like lost a bit of respect for me because he knew his shit was just dialed in and mine looked like a baby vomit on me. I was like, well, nice. I can get covered up. Like, I don't know. I've got like five layers of shit underneath my left arm. Five layers. Just fucking. I haven't gotten a single cover up. That's awesome, dude. I should yeah, I refuse that. to. I won't let myself. Mm. You know, like this is my uh roadmap of terrible fucking decisions that I can yep. constantly learn from. That's funny. <laughs> but you got tattooed. Oh, you have a lot of tattoos as well. You don't have a couple. Yeah. You have a lot of tattoos. Yeah, me too. I, I like you said 70 something times the first year I just sat and got tattooed and tattooed and tattooed and tattooed. I spent more time in the chair, I think, than actually working. I just ended up with garbage. <laughs> you got to try that design out on you. That's how my hand got tattooed. This is the first hand tattoo I ever did was myself. That was that. Is that shit? Boom. My dad tattooed my hands. Uh, mm. We were we were so fucking drunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a buddy's wife tattooed the edge of my thumb. You know, yeah. see it. it's like a weird little baby school yeah. thing but but uh the actual tops and palms uh my dad tattooed was that a fun bonding moment oh yeah drunk as fuck <laughs> bitching and screaming the whole time <laughs> especially the palms dude the palms were like so rough yeah he had this mentality of like if we put it in there deep enough it'll never i knew so many guys like that that doesn't look like it's sticking. Go deeper. Wait, what? Right. <laughs> Turn that thing up to 13. I want to see that contact on fire and bury that shit. <laughs> Double your hang and just bury it and fucking go. 
if they're not screaming, you're not doing it right. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> Fucking. Up. My wife sent me a text that says, fuck watermelon. That's it. I agree, though. Watermelon's fucking dumb. <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Whatever. The only good thing that ever came from a watermelon is when assholes started putting vodka in them. That's actually rad, dude. Core the whole fucking dump a bottle in, leave it, and then just yeah. num, 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 Yeah. Now our commercial break. We got a we got a sponsorship uh, sponsorship spot from Dragonhawk. Yeah, I'm totally down for that. Actually, yeah. I, I, okay, so I think it's so fucking funny that it's Dragonhawk. <laughs> I thought you would have had a good laugh out of that, right? I was thinking about hitting up some other machine builders and stuff, and I was like, no, we got to go. Like, let's just go. Let's lean into this, right? Like, no, I I have no shame in that, that dude. I tell every fucking tattooer every single person i know i was like fuck yeah dragon hot dude <laughs> spend a hundred dollars on a fucking machine it lasts a year you throw it away and buy a new one fuck it this is shit dude so what do you send you sent i fucking think that that thing about buying a 10 by 30 space <laughs> And a fucking brand new tattoo show is fucking such a big dick move, dude. That's so funny. You bought an aisle. What? <laughs> like it just it's like right. so fucking like here's my flag. In the name of Mother England, I have taken over this fucking spin. That's so fucking big dick swinging, dude. That's hilarious. <clears throat> You've never seen me out at the conventions or not, but normally i'll buy a double booth just for myself <laughs> like i just want space i want people to get the fuck away from me that makes that makes sense but i mean like literally buying because you know how long the fucking aisles are you're buying half of a like one quarter of an aisle half of a side like that's just right <laughs> and everyone who's working with you is from out of state ultimate fucking dick swinger dude like that's that's so fucking rad <laughs> <laughs> speaking of that i was talking to my friends in the shop yesterday i was like i think i'm gonna go down and work with brian and you just hang out spend some time uh <clears throat> this summer when he comes back into town they're like oh what are you gonna wear <laughs> nice. and i'm like i don't know <laughs> i think brian gets me by now that he'll just be like that fucking guy you know it, it could be okay but i think if i come in like like fucking sweat shorts <laughs> and fucking flip flops <laughs> or like Crocs or something. These are closed toed. <laughs> you would like probably throat chop my ass or something. Just like what the fuck, bro? Go down to fucking Target and just buy a pair of boots or something, right? Uh, I am um, two hundred and ten percent against Crocs. <laughs> I fucking hate them. They should not be worn by anybody but infants. And yeah, they they serve no place in any professional environment. When's your birthday, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking no, Cassie <laughs> bought me a pair of Crocs and she's like, oh, you're just going to have to try them on at least once. They have sat in a fucking closet and have never been touched. <laughs> you're like, actually... No, I fucking don't. <laughs> the right. principle of the idea is so atrocious <laughs> to me. I have to wear nothing. Thanks for the loving gift, my love. <laughs> that's, 
That's so fucking funny, dude. Somebody gives you. I think this would be good for your back, sweetie. Get fucked. Like it's just like straight across the board. Oh, it's so funny. I think if my wife got me Crocs, I'd wear them every day. <laughs> That's some shit too. I hate those things. One of my uh, one of my clients who worked in uh, healthcare came in the other day, and they um, it was last month or so. They came in and they had blue balls. You know, like on the back of the trucks that they hang off that. Right. They had them on the back of their Crocs, both sides, dude. And I'm like, what is on your shoe? Like, I don't know. There's, there's, there's a bizarre thing uh, in American culture and only in American culture where adults in American culture are trying their hardest to dress like children. Oh, I know, dude. Doesn't make any sense. If you go anywhere else in the fucking world, no adult dresses like this. Dress your fucking age. Just, right. Know your role. It's just fucking bizarre. It just, what is... This fucking culture is obsessed with youth, uh, was it like position in, in society and influence, right? Because why else would, would people yeah, none like? Of it makes sense. It doesn't make it doesn't make fucking sense. If we look at the scientists of the world who are solving everyone and everyone's like, ah, they're pieces of shit, I wouldn't fuck them. Like you're kind of missing the point. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. That doesn't make any sense. Bill Nye wouldn't fuck him. Okay. Neil deGrasse Tyson, not fuckable. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why are you just wanting to procreate with someone? And that gives them their value. It doesn't make any sense. And you only can be procreatable if you're between the ages of 24 and 27. Well, I guess America, 13 and 27. Zinga. Like, that doesn't make any sense. You're 40. You should be retired and have a cane. Don't get on TikTok. We don't like you. Get fucked. Anyways, I'm actually going to get pissy about that. (laughs) (laughs) So the other topic, oh, so the other topic that you brought up this week was uh, freckles and tattooing. Well, so Brooke uh, was sitting in the tattoo shop and she was like, hey, I actually had a question for you. And I was like, okay, I probably have an answer. (laughs) And she goes, why don't you, why don't tattoo artists tattoo over moles mm-hmm. and i was like well so like do you want a real answer or do you want some like weird tattoo artists mythological answers <laughs> and she's just like well an answer would be good <laughs> and i was like all right so there was that common thought that tattoo artists always brought up where like if you tattoo over a mole you'll give your client cancer yeah Right. Oh, God, Which is not inherently true. No, it's not. <laughs> you know? Um, so I told her that first, and I was like, but look, that's bullshit, okay? It doesn't just magically give somebody fucking cancer. Like, I've yeah. literally cut most off of my body before. It's yes, fine. That's fine. I was like, yeah. if you want to, you can try to tattoo right through that shit. It's just going to scar out and heal like shit. Yeah. I was like, it's easier if you just don't tattoo over it. Yep. That's so it. It's going to bleed like fucking crazy they I'll do stay. have roots they're they go deeper than you know what you think um yeah. it's just a pain in the fucking ass yeah. so don't do it or do just, it and find out fucking yeah. line that motherfucker right in half <laughs> figure it out <laughs> just go right over it it's fine right 
I, I was talking about something like this before because I think there's this misconception in the industry as well about like identifying a mole and a freckle and not knowing the difference right. between the pair. And that, <laughs> I mean, I almost feel kind of silly even bringing this up because I know that we're actually recording right now is that there is legit a difference between a freckle and a fucking mole. And if you don't know this, this is like some 101 basic intro bio stuff that if you don't know these things, you should probably stop what you're doing right now, put away your machine, get a textbook, Wikipedia even, like I don't care, and just go look up the fucking difference. Because there is a difference between these two things, right? It's like, I've, I've never gotten the idea because I've seen people like, you can't test who over freckles. I'm like, why? Well, it will give people cancer. Same thing. I'm like, well, it's, it's not a, a mole and it's not a cancerous mole. So why? Well, they're like, well, freckles can turn into moles, which can turn into cancer. I'm like, along what? They're all kind of the difference in an in, in application. Like a freckle is a, a melanocyte that produces too much melanin right and ends up spreading out and it causes a a small pocket of hyperpigmentation and a mole is different right there'll be you know spots on the body right or just like clusters of these fucking melanocytes that cause like a bunch of pigment to be like produced and sometimes can also result in excess skin growth so they can grow above the skin line Right. Like a freckle is inlaid and it's just color. A mole is usually productive, air quotes around that word. Like it, it extends above the body. There's topography. Right. And so because there's an average overgrowth of skin, and we'll do air quotes around this because skin is not really the, the, the proper phrasing on this, but because it's Mother's Day and I've been drinking a little bit, I'm not going to get into the high science of this stuff. With the. <laughs> the the idea is, is that because there's more skin growing in this area, if you cause trauma to it, you can influence that, that, that skin in that area to start to replicate, inducing uh, further genetic damage, which could lead to potential overproduction of skin cells in the area leading to cancer, which hypothetically could be possible, but doesn't really happen, <laughs> right? So it's like, if you right. fell on a mole, every mole that somebody had on their knee that they fell and scraped on their bike when they were a kid should turn into cancer. No. (laughs) Every freckle that gets a little bit too much sun should turn into cancer. No. Right. Like there's a difference with this based on skin type, genetic background, um, lifestyle, age, all those things that are going to come into play with like trying to identify how to work with these things. And normally on my side, If I see a freckle, I don't like tattooing over it just because I don't want to reform the body in a way that's going to create scar tissue that can spread the influence of those melanocytes, dumping more melanin into the skin, making the mold bigger, which could fuck up the color or shading or black that I'm putting into the skin. I'll skip over it. No matter. Or at the same time, if it's really non-productive, it's not a mole. It is just a freckle. I'll tattoo over the shit. How many fucking Irish people have I tattooed that are literally half freckled? You're like, well, I'm not going to skip all this shit. No, it's just, it's just your body's producing melanin at uneven rates throughout the body in some spots. You're just overproductive. We'll tattoo over that shit. 
get saturation good enough, we'll probably stay away from specific colors that we would use, right? Like that may contrast against those, those pigment pockets, right? If you have somebody who's from a Mediterranean background, right? They've got olive tone complexion. They tan easily. They have like a medium tone to tan skin, something like this, right? I wouldn't use a bright golden yellow, depending. I mean, sometimes I could, but for the most part, I wouldn't assume to use something like that because their skin is just going to absorb so much light that that yellow is not going to be as lustrous as it could if somebody was Swedish or, you know, Norwegian ancestral background, you know, Northern European where their skin is fucking pearlescent white and they burn if they even look at a goddamn, you know, an incandescent bulb for fuck's sakes. Right. <laughs> but if they've got moles, like just go over it yes the the pigment that we put is going to be underneath that melanized layer of skin but at a distance and if we're designing the tattoo to be seen at a distance of like maybe three to five feet or more you can still get full clarity of the image regardless of those obstructions based on that light absorbing melanin uh, if it's just designed in a way that's going to take those things into account right don't use a bunch of bright pastel colors like you wouldn't on anyone who has medium tone to dark tone skin, and you're gonna end up with a better result, right? If you use like a deep rich blue or red, right? Like your chroma is gonna be set very specifically where you have this very strong meaty fucking color, right? It's gonna turn out better than like, oh, I'm gonna put peach in this person's skin. That's not gonna fucking work. <laughs> like that's just, that's common sense, right. you know? I just always <laughs> wonder where the thought came from. Like, if you touch that mole, they're gonna get cancer and die. Mm. <laughs> I was thinking moles about that happen, this. buddy. It's just yeah. It's it, I. I think that what happened was maybe some tattooer slash bracket tattooers, right? Back in the day, had heard some phrasing. Maybe they only knew a little bit about genetics or health, and they heard about over proliferation just full stop just that one hyphenated fucking word right or maybe it's a compound word i don't know however you're going to spell it and they said in their mind's eye without finishing the fucking sentence that they were reading right that's not good okay we don't want over proliferation of anything leave this alone don't touch it and it's almost like a, a sales point you know, if somebody comes in and I, I, I as a tattooer, know more than the guy next door, but I'm not as good stylistically or artistically or, you know, finish wise or whatever, but I know more than them, I can sell that. And I know if anyone's listening to this, you'll be like, Ryan, you're literally calling yourself out, bro. No, I know how to fucking draw, you motherfuckers. Like, I'm okay. I am a good tattooer. Yes, I may use this in, in, in place in some uh, instances, but. If you don't know what you're doing and you don't have confidence in your technique and you're forced to try and adapt some type of edge in the market to separate yourself from someone else and you find something that you think is unique, everyone who's been in this industry more than 10 years knows that motherfucker who has a trick or a shtick or a fucking technique or something that they'll never, ever, ever release. They'll never let anyone know. They'll train a hundred apprentices and it'll come time for that apprentice to learn that thing. And they'll say, get fucked. That's mine. I worked 25 years to figure this out. You'll never know it. But I trained with you. You should tell me this. No, I don't have to. Get fucked. Figure it out. You're right where I was when I started my journey. <laughs> I always have to think about that and be like, is there really like a magic bag of tricks that people 
think that they have that somebody else doesn't know <laughs> it's it's such a bizarre question right like yeah there's only all the so time. much you can fucking do <laughs> Dude, I, I think about that literally all the time every time i see somebody come out with a new seminar dvd explains something right which they don't you buy it you watch it you listen to it you do all the stuff right, it's always notes. some idiot just mumbling some shit and he's just repeating the process that you're seeing visually. He's like, yeah. and this is, I took a nine liner and you can see there, I did that line. Like no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> like it, 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 It's never made any sense to me. It's like you, you're holding the keys to something when I think you and I probably got this a while ago. I, I, know, I can't speak for you, of course, but for myself, like there came a point in time when I just knew I was tattooing. There wasn't secrets or mystical fucking energy or and you know, whatever. Like you were literally taking needle, put in skin with ink, result image. That was it. There's no special thing. It's not like you're going to make a stencil a different way than someone else, which is going to result in a better tattoo. It's not like you're looking at the skin differently and I can utilize these molds to tint my pigments, which is going to make it become more... It has nothing to do with that. Like you're literally just doing a fucking tattoo. That's it. You're putting ink in skin through mechanical means, hand or machine or otherwise. And it, it turns into a fucking image. That's it. Right. <laughs> um, no magic. There's no magic. I remember there's the first seminar DVD I ever watched was. I'll edit that out. <clears throat> I remember this guy saying about how much you black he used. That guy. That guy. That guy said black. Fuck that. I'll pack as much black in there as I possibly can. Claiming to be like, you know, contrast levels are going to be greater and his tattoo is going to heal out better and all this magical stuff. Which resulted in a tattoo that won X many awards. So I don't know, the 300 awards or something. Just one back piece. And uh, and you see the tattoo 10 years later and it's 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 a fucking tattoo. Like there's nothing special about it. It's not good. You know, the colors that were like midtones on the blend color in the background have all fallen out. The thing is, it doesn't look good. It's not special. Right. It's a fucking tattoo. There's nothing good. You know what I mean? Like there's a difference between, and it was, it was just a tattoo. It wasn't even a good tattoo. It's a tattoo. It was just big. There we go. We should put that in. It's a big tattoo, you know, which is like, Oh my God, that's big. It's worth points. I don't even get it, dude. It doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. Well, look at the the skin, how it reacts in each each individual person as a unique thing that you have to create with. But the techniques, the styles, the things that you're having, they're all translatable given the rules that are governed by that specific person, right? If you have moles, if you have freckles, if you have darker toned skin versus lighter toned skin, if you are older versus younger, there's rules that apply to the application of those things to ensure a level of survivability that only extends so far. I mean, like when people are talking about the long-term consequences of a tattoo when you get it, like in my opinion, if you're hitting 25 years and there is still clarity in the image that you've done, that was a really good tattoo. Right. 
I'm I'm looking at personally like a 10 year mark. If that thing still looks fucking great, you've done a really good job. Five year could have probably done better. Three year, that's not a good tattoo. One year, you do not know what you're doing. <clears throat> you shouldn't have to get a touch up every year. You shouldn't have to get a touch up every six months, you know? So you're looking at like skin conditions and stuff like this. I think this may be a running theme for a little bit. When you're when you're identifying the aspects of the person that may be different, right? Where they have a mole or they have a freckle or they have some other type of skin growth. First things you always want to do is you want to touch it with gloved washed hands, of course. Hopefully have the skin prepped as well. Feel it, right? Is it tensile? Is there movement to it? Is it floating? Is it fixed? Right? Is it a part of their body that has roots? Like a wart? Or is it just kind of sitting there at a part of it? It's going to let you know exactly what the fuck you're dealing with. Like we're talking about just run over it and figure it out. Literally, that's what you got to do. <laughs> you know, is there a chance that you can induce cancer in someone when you're doing one of these things? Absolutely. Yes. Tattooing, the products that we use, the techniques that we use, the fucking metals that we use, everything that we use will give someone cancer, right? Like that's just part of right. the fucking like, problem. Think about when people are using steel tubes, the amount of nickel that is rubbed off of the inside of that fucking steel tube that has mm-hmm. been put into the skin, mm-hmm. right? Like the mold didn't give them fucking cancer, idiot. Your steel no. tubes gave them cancer. Yeah. <laughs> That's why lining with steel tubes always looks better because you're literally putting a metallic substance back, backed up next to carbon in the skin. That's why flowability is better because it gets fucking polished, but it's also being tinted with fucking metals. If you can line well with the plastic too, right. that's amazing. That's why people drag backwards. You don't, you could never drag backwards with a fucking steel tube. The shit would fall apart, you know, like things would, that would be bad. There would be so much saturation of stuff inside that line when you're going that it would instantly blow out. Plastic's a little bit better. Um, <laughs> is there not carcinogenic aspects in the plastics that we're using? Oh, I'm pretty sure that they're in there, right? Like, are these things fair trade, organic, and vegan? No. Like, I, I wrote an email once to a, a, a tube manufacturer, a cartridge manufacturer. I'm like, hey, is there any, you know, cancer-causing agents in your plastic? Hey, just like, I'm sorry, we can't answer your question. I was like, okay. Because it's fucking plastic. (laughs) Right. Of course. If you take metal, this is the most hardness, right? If you take metal and you rub it on something that is not as hard or harder, it will rub it away. It will grate it down. It's like sandpaper. Is plastic harder than metal? No. (laughs) Right. What's going to happen? Plastic's going to get in your fucking tattoo. (laughs) It doesn't matter what your skin condition is. Shit's getting in there. Is it going to stay in there forever? We don't know. Biopsies have yet to produce proper results where we're actually testing for plastics in, this, in the body, in the skin. There has been a few tests actually done with um, Pico laser technology and tattoo removal, where they're testing for, with gas chromatographs, the actual residual aspects of pigments that have been broken down with these lasers. And we'll air quote around broken down because they're fucking not properly to see what's excreted from the body. And there is microplastics that are evident throughout the body. It's crazy, but I mean, it's also in your fucking water, <laughs> right? This just your how water. It's in your food. It's in everything, right? Do we know if it came from tattooing? Maybe. Is it the same type of plastics that we find all over the place? Yeah, it's 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 plastic. I know that 
you know, the physical chemists could get on our asses about that stuff and be like, well, there's actually a different fucking carboxyl. I don't fucking care. Like I, there's plastics. We're going to keep it rudimentary. Plastics are plastics. And they can end up in your body. So anyways, fucking let's swing this fucking take this, this tractor trailer and fishtail that motherfucker back on the oncoming traffic here. M- moles and freckles. <laughs> There isn't so much a worry about when you're doing this stuff. It's just thinking about the aesthetic of the piece when it's done, right? Like you're trying to design something that is pleasing to the eye, not for the individual even. The individual is only going to get six months out of this where they think that it's the most amazing thing in the world. And eventually they're just going to take ownership of it and it's going to become a part of them and they're going to forget that it exists. They may be aware that they have a tattoo. They're not going to remember it's there. It's just them. They'll they'll even possibly become a part of time in their life where they've had the tattoo longer than they have it, right? So it it totally counterbalances itself. So the the end goal is always trying to like build on that principle, right? We're trying to create the best looking image possible given the skin conditions that are there. If you're working in toned paper, doing a drawing and the toned paper, somebody took a paintbrush and dropped a bunch of darker fucking paint on top of it and you're drawing over top of it. Like, how are you going to approach that? Are you going to work it into the design? Are you going to think about a way to go around it? Or are you going to try to get rid of it by scraping, cleaning, and doing something else to prep it before you go? And all of those things should go into how, in my opinion, right, how you approach the fucking tattoo. Like, you shouldn't be thinking about this as some type of weird witch doctory bullshit that you've got to, like, try to negotiate because, oh, my God, you're going to fucking kill someone if you tattoo over a hyperpigmented place. No, that's that's not that's not the end result. The end result is, of course, I have to have people driving around with no fucking catalytic converters on their cars because they've all been cut off. Um, <laughs> the the end result that we're trying to go for is something that looks cool for a long time. So if you're confronted with a problem where somebody comes in, they have a lot of moles. What you have to start doing is narrowing down your pigment choices. The size and application of the design that's going on this regardless of skin tone and complexion to begin with right like you have people have medium tone skin that have very dark freckles you're going to start approaching things looking at the amount of freckles is that mitigating factor for the design if they have very dark freckles all over the place you have to pretend that they actually have really dark skin you can't just go in with an ultra fine line tattoo that's going to be occluded by all these things and say like this is going to be sick because you know 30 percent of your skin is very very light or you have vitiligo you know, you can, you, you know, you can tattoo however the fuck you want to, but or you could be intelligent about it. <laughs> 1090 people. Yeah. Because like, if you think about it, somebody has a ton of freckles, they're the palest skin in the world. And you do a fine line tattoo that's going to be occluded by the freckles. When you stand three feet away from it, it's not going to make sense. What are you going to see? Freckles. Are you going to see the tattoo? No. Anyone that's covered in freckles, I'm like, please let us do dragons and skulls. Mm. Those freckles are going to create such a cool fucking texture. Yeah. You can work it into it, right? It's brilliant. Like you can add that variance into the design that makes it more unique. And it's more that person because that's that person's body. You're not trying to work against it. You're working with it. You put a dark green underneath a hyperpigmented space and it becomes even darker. And if those scales are flowing with, like you can find a pattern with those freckles as they're moving up the arm. You're like, this would be really cool if the body went with this. And all of a sudden we have these little speckles on top of it, right? And it's just like, it makes it more meaty, more mean or more vibrant and happy and fucking plastic, whatever the fuck you're trying to do. Then you're like, 
taking the design and instead of having a custom design, you're making a custom fucking tattoo. That's for that person. This couldn't work on anyone else, right? That's their body. And we work with this shit. And that's, to me, I'm like getting emotional about it. Thinking about like, that's fucking intriguing. That's cool, (laughs) right? Like that's, that's fucking rad. When you see somebody who has an awkward skin condition, maybe they do have a vitiligo. I've worked with a few people with vitiligo. Um, over the uh, past few years or people have a lot of moles. I mean, throughout my career, a ton of this stuff, right. And you can make a tattoo that looks good given their skin conditions. It's it, it just makes it so much more unique because it has so much more lift, so much more body. Like if somebody's looking at the one side of the person and they've very pale skin, lots of freckles and stuff, and then they turn and they see this emerald green fucking dragon, right? Like just fucking fire coming up behind it, black smoke, fucking lucky clouds, you know, all this shit. And it's just like, God damn, that's a cool tattoo. It's it's striking, right? It just like takes you by surprise. And if you get up close to it, you can see like there's modeling and texture inside of each one of the scales. And that, that body seems alive, right? That's that's good. <laughs> that's a good tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did get fucking emotional over that shit, dude. I was like, man, that would be rad as fuck. Ugh. Let's go design tips for freckles how do how do you how do you approach someone let's say that's got moles not even freckles let's move away from freckles because i seem to be stuck on that i i I apologize for that stuff but if you see somebody who's coming who's got they want to get a sleeve they got 20 to 30 moles you know decent size cigarette you know diameter or or smaller scattered throughout the sleeve how would you approach the design aspect of that? Like how, how would you take that into account when you're making the tattoo? It's all going to depend on the tattoo, obviously, but like if we're going like full sleeve and designing from start to finish, I would just make sure that there's some really wild, awesome negative space work going on. And like the most can just be in the negative space. Yeah. It's whatever. (laughs) Just easy. Right. At the same time. Right. Like sometimes the simplest route is, you know, the best route to take. Like what you don't want to see, you don't want to see like a big ass area of black and then that weird little open skin patch and then the mole on the inside of the open skin patch. I see this shit all the time and it drives me fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. It does to me too. Like, and there's, there's even an uneven border around it right it's not like it's even where you've right. taken care to try and get near this it's like ovoid but the fucking mole is like circular and it's just like <laughs> right what like, that mole could have been like the inside of a rivet or something yeah. you know like you design around this thing don't just like draw a design <laughs> and then leave a gap yeah. like it's just so weird so it's like uh let's scoot back on this stuff so when you started saying about like the design stuff, if there were moles, you would still try to go around them. Why would you do that? Because I just don't want to put up with the amount of bleeding and bullshit it's going to cause. Yeah. If you tattoo over a mole, man, they bleed like fucking crazy. And then your they, client will freak the fuck out because they'll just see that shit pouring down their arm. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's right. Yeah. Because when, when molds are actually formed inside the body, right, like depending on how they're made, they can present in many different ways. But if they're raised above the body, the vascularization is actually going to be changed in relation to how normal skin is. And we'll air quote around normal, right? Normal skin is manufactured, right? If you have a large amount of collagen and elastin, they're actually pushing up through an area which is going to change the topography of the actual skin. That vascularization is also going to change depth as well, right? Past that, Moles are never flat like normal skin. They're cavernous. There's holes inside them. There's negative spacing and stuff. And when you start to tear it up because the fucking skin isn't constructed the same way, it breaks down easier. You can do a little bit of trauma to a mole and you can do the same trauma to a space right next to it of normal skin and they're going to experience that trauma differently. So when you start marking it and you start trying to shove something into it, the body's inflammatory response on average, I, I know you've seen this too. You go over top of it, just pushes the shit out. It doesn't want the fucking pigment there. It's already got enough. It's fine. <laughs> right? Right. It's pouring fucking color and it's pouring blood. And what happens? It takes longer to heal. There's a better chance of infection when they leave. If you're trying to use something like a transparent bandage or something to cover up the thing, that high elevated area of the body that's producing a lot of exudate or blood or otherwise, right, is never going to properly set or seal well. And this could ruin the rest of the other space. Or if it's not productive, that's the spot that fucking bandage is going to stick to. And when you go to take it off, right. you're removing that mole regardless. And that's not a good thing to do <laughs> to your client when they just drop fucking $1,500 to get something that looks fucking rad. Right now, this is within reason, of course, and I don't want to override Brian here, of course. Right. But um, moles and productive moles are going to be two different things where we have to worry about when you're actually doing the tattoo. So we have to think about size and morphology, right? If they are over the skin, right. a certain amount of space, or if they go very wide. Right. And so what we're trying to think about is the, the size of an eraser or bigger, right? Like a standard number two pencil pink eraser in, in diameter. Same thing any doctor is going to tell you. Exactly. If it's too fucking big, don't touch it. And I mean, you don't want to, if something's the size of a quarter, don't hit it. If the, if you're looking at the topography right. of it and it's massively cavernous, there's hairs growing out of it, right? And this is on someone, the center of their back. Don't tattoo over it. The skin there is not the same as the rest of the body. Inducing trauma into these things can create a situation where it could turn cancerous, possibly, right? Even past that, going over with the fucking tattoo needle, that shit's going to bleed. It's like tattooing someone's scalp. Like, why would you do that? Well, a lot of it, it's it's a lot just using your brain like a normal fucking human should. And once yeah. again, if it's that whole eraser size or just smaller, mm. chances are it's perfectly fucking fine. Right. Yeah. Like any nurse, doctor, et cetera, mm. they're just going to say the same shit. You know, if that shit's only two millimeters by two millimeters, it's, it's nothing. That's fine. Right. Yeah. And, and this is so you can tattoo right over top of that. It's fine. Yeah. This is filtered as well through skin color. Right. So the lighter that the skin is, the more prominent that you see these things, the more you're going to be able to judge what's going on. Now, if you have a very dark skinned individual who has moles, your automatic assumption is a white tattooer, if you're listening, is to be like, oh, my God, that's going to turn cancerous. No, it's it's <laughs> take the tint out of the skin and imagine what it's like without it. Right. If you have um, these dark pigmented skin pieces on people's armpits by their groins, elbows or other spots where there's a lot of moisture. Right. 
what we're going to see is this is just like a hyperpigmentation uh, overgrowth of melanin in the same spots, much like you would see with somebody who has like very light skin. And it, it normally is going to occur only at certain times of their life, right? Like adolescence or early adulthood. And if you talk to somebody and you see this, like, hey, how long have you had these moles? And like they just started popping up yesterday and they're 50 years old. Take the time to have them go and get them biopsied and looked at by a doctor, right? But if they're 50, right. they're like, I've had this since I was 13. Chances are this thing isn't going to be a malignancy that's going to have to be dealt with later in life, right? You can just approach it. You can say, hey, this has been on you for 40 but, but fucking they're years. They're already 50. They're already, it's not going to, I like that. They're already 50. They ain't got much left. Fuck it. Just go over top of it. Make it sick. Um <laughs> <laughs> if, if it's already on the body and it's already been there for a while and it has never expressed itself to show some signs of malignancy you can be pretty sure that this is just going to be a collection of pigment from a melanocyte that is producing too much pigment that is just making their skin darker than it naturally is as well if you have dark skin or light skin the basic constructs of the operation of the skin and the, the organelles that are inside of it are going to operate the same way regardless, right? And this is topical. I'm not trying to get into nuance here in case people are going to write in, I'm a dermatologist, Brian, you're full of shit. Yeah, okay, fucking suck it. I'm, I'm not saying that. But just in general, if you have questions about this stuff, you can usually take it with a grain of salt if something has presented for a period of time, regardless of skin type, tone, complexion, etc. You can know that it's probably not going to change. If it was going to change, their life, activity, interactions with their environment should have already induced a change. If it's been there for a little while, you'd be all right. We should probably clarify it. We're not saying go to work and fucking jackhammer over every mole you see, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> We're just saying it's not necessarily a spooky folklore that you have to pay attention to. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> We're trying to break down that stigma that any mole or freckle that you see is cancer. That's not. It's not how it is. One easy way you could tell, and this is usually the way I'll tell, is if you get somebody who is 45 years old, light skin, comes in, they have a mole that is really dark. You touch it, gloved, washed hands, and it's hard. Small, big, whatever, right? When you move it with your thumb trying to see how the pliability is, it seems fixed inside the skin. That is something you need to have them go take a look at. If you touch it, it's not fixed. There's no like hardness presenting. There's it just looks like it looks like a freckle. Maybe it's a little bit more, you know, raised above the skin or whatever. When you move it, it seems to be fluid. The, the two layers of tissue, epidermis and dermis, seem to be flexible. You know, the, the subcutaneous tissues underneath it are, are, are mobile as well. There's a pretty good chance that that is not going to be a cancerous fucking mark on the human body, right? Right. If it looks like a dirty scab, have them go get it tested. Even if it's small, pencil tip sized. If it's not, you'd be all right. If you see something and you don't know, make some notes in your client chart and your information, right? So like I put those notes over there. six moles on my chest. Me and a buddy of mine tattooed my chest and we just blasted right the fuck over all the moles that were there. Yeah. Don't have cancer. <laughs> if you touch the moles, how do they feel? If you touch them, it doesn't feel like you have a scab, right? You can just touch them. They move. There might be a little bit of raising on the skin. That's fine. When you got them tattooed, how did it feel? <laughs> Probably not good, eh? <laughs> You go over top remember. of it. No, there you go. Uh, I know we did it. I don't remember how we did it. So it'd be the 
the tips and tricks for people who are going to go through this, maybe they are nervous. So you've been tattooing three to five years and you're presented with a client who maybe has freckles and moles on the spot that you got the tattoo. I, I like your I mean, if it freaks you out, just don't tattoo over it. Yeah. Use your fucking brain, you know? Like, <laughs> don't do stupid shit that makes you nervous. Mm-hmm. What happens when you're nervous? You make stupid-ass decisions, right? Like, <laughs> just don't do it. Avoid. At the same time, if you're curious about it, experiment. That's why you should tattoo yourself. Asshole tattooers that don't have any tattoos. Yeah. You know, there's ways that you can learn from this shit and experiment. And if you don't want to do it on your friends and random people, then do it on yourself. Fuck it. Yeah. Tattoo Try it out. That shit. See what happens. Yeah. Set, set a, a foundational knowledge. I, I always use the analogy of a toolbox with people, right? Like, so I always have a toolbox behind me when I'm talking. And the top shelf of your toolbox is the stuff you use all the time. The top's always open. This is where my socket set is. Right? It's always open. That's the shit I get every day. Now, the bottom drawer is the shit I rarely use. Those are the big fuck hammers, the BFHs, right? This is when everything goes wrong and I don't know what to do and I get frustrated. I break it or I fix it. That's it. So when you're doing this stuff and you're trying to test out your, your understanding of specific skin conditions, if you're doing a test on yourself, you can create at least a basic fundamental knowledge for a middle drawer there because you know at least what it's like on you. And if somebody presents like you, you can have a certain amount of surety that this is going to turn out the same way it turned out on you as long as you approach it the same way. If it doesn't seem the same as yourself, then maybe you need to think about how to approach this. And when in doubt, disclaimer at the top of the show, talk to a doctor, get their information, get their idea, have your client go to a dermatologist before you do the tattoo. Let them say, I mean, if shit hey, looks fucking weird, okay. tell them to go to a dermatologist anyway. Regardless. Yeah. You right. probably should see a dermatologist. This fucking growth on your skin looks fucked up. Like, just go. Why do you want to be in control of someone's life? You're an air quote, well, fucking hard air quote around this artist. You're not a dermatologist. You don't understand. Most of you who are listening probably don't even know the three layers of skin or maybe even know the extra layer of skin that's in the hands and the feet. If you don't know these things, don't feel bad because you've never been taught it. But if you don't know these things, you're not a dermatologist. Like send it out to a specialist. If you don't know how to rebuild an engine, you don't send it to the dude who does your lawn and garden. You take it to a mechanic. You don't go to the baker and say, Hey, I think I threw a rod. They're going to be like, do you want a pain? Pain dental. Do you want some bread, my friend? I don't know why every fucking bread person is French in my fucking head. Anyways, that's a bad analogy. I'll cut that out. Do you buy a lot of French bread? No, I don't. We're fucking gluten-free in the house. I haven't had a fucking French loaf, dude, in 12 years. I hate it. So you buy rice bread? Yeah, that sucks. (laughs) So (laughs) We got to have that cauliflower pizza, too. It's just like... Uh. yeah, you know, <clears throat> it's fine. We get a margarita pizza and it's it's got a, a normal family size pizza, 700 calories. Like there's nothing I can eat a whole pizza and mentally I'm just like telling myself, like, you are the biggest piece of shit alive. You worthless fat motherfucker. It's 700 calories. That's not even like a Big Mac. Like I just I don't. The I average breakfast meal at IHOP <laughs> is like. 1300 calories starting yeah 
I can eat a whole pizza at home. It's half that shit. Fuck. Bullshit. 